heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to Masculine Journey. We are glad to have you with us today, and we are hopeful that you're going to enjoy the topic. <laughs> but well, Always there's a pun, Al. You like puns. You're the king of puns. Uh, no, that was Robbie. Glad you know me so well, though. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm hopeful to know you better. Um, anyway, we're going to be talking about the topic of hope, but not the way we've done it before. Robbie, we've talked about hope before. You remember? Yes, we remember. I remember it very well. The Shawshank Redemption, Redemption clips. Yeah, a- and you know what hope does inside of a person. Sure, that's right. And so we've touched on that topic. And if you weren't um, there to hear that one, go back and, and listen to it on podcast. You can go to masculinejourneyradio.org and get it there, and, and go back and listen to that. And we'll talk a lot about hope there. But today we're going to talk a little bit about on the other side of the equation, hopeless. Yeah. And, and there's lots of different things that we can talk about. And we see where we go today because we've talked about all these before the show. But is there a difference between hopelessness and helplessness? Are they the same? Are they interchangeable? Are they completely different? Can you be hopeless and not even realize it? Yeah. You know, what is hopelessness? And how do, how do you move past it? That's a great question, Sam. What are your thoughts on it? On which one? Both. There were three of them out. But anyway, on the thing, thank you for paying attention. We, you, uh, you lost me on the second. I, I know. I had you at hello. We, uh, hopelessness, is it the same as, as helplessness? Robbie, that was, that was very political thought? because I put the question to you and you threw it to Robbie. Thank you. Well, it, it, for me, you know, I was so excited when you called me and told mm-hmm. me about this topic that you, you had been praying and you were in mm-hmm. a good place and in a place that you normally pray and God came after that and you personally and saying, where are you there, Sam? Yeah. And, and I, I've got something I want to open your eyes to that you'd lost hope in. And what a cool thing for God to come after is very similar to a clip that we're going to jump out here with that, in this case, the boy's son, I mean the man's son, was coming after in a similar something that he recognized that his father had lost hope in. Uh, in your case, to have God come after that is pretty hopeful. Yeah, you tend to listen. <laughs> you know, hopefully I'll take action on it. But uh, So in this clip, Robbie, that we're going to listen to, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about my story after the break, but thank you for referencing that. The Tell us what's going on in this clip as we get ready to, to listen sure. to it. Extremely classic chick flick movie, Sleepless in Seattle, but just tremendously stirring in a, on a different, lot of different levels. And what we have is a man who's lost his wife, and at some point he's actually lost his hope. And and he's become sleepless, obviously, and he's living a life that he himself doesn't realize that he's slipped so far down until his son essentially calls him out, which comes out when his son <laughs> calls into a, a talk show with a doctor, and we'll play it, and then I'll speak about it a little more. And you do hear another lady in this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Meg Ryan, the girl that will late, later in the movie, obviously, is the romantic part of the deal. You know, when he says, when, when the doctor asks him the question, that, you know, have you thought about having someone in life? She, like everybody else listening on the radio, was ready to jump in and go, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's take a listen. Uh, Marsha, 
<clears throat> or should I call you Dr. Fieldstone? Dr. Marsha. Dr. Dr. Marsha. I don't mean to be rude. Oh, and I don't want to invade your privacy. Oh, sure, sure you, you do. do. Go on, Sam. I'm listening. Sam. <clears throat> we had a pretty tough time there at first. Mm -hmm. But we're dealing with it. And uh, Jonah and I will get along just fine again as soon as I break his radio. <laughs> I have no doubt that you're a wonderful father. You know, you can tell a lot from a person's voice. You certainly can. But something must be missing if Jonah still feels that you're under a cloud. And just a few questions. Are you sleeping at night? He doesn't sleep at all. How do you know that? I live here, Dad. Look, it's Christmas. Uh, Maggie, uh, my wife, she really did it. Uh, I mean, she loved. Uh, she made everything beautiful. And it's it's just tough this this time of year. I mean, any kid needs a mother. Could it be that you need someone just as much as Jonah does? Yes. Don't answer that. Let's get into that right after these messages. Sam, Jonah, don't go away. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Sleepless in Seattle. And we'll be right back after this break with your listener <sighs> response. What is she He's talking about? This is when other people get to call in and dump on what you said. Oh. Get oh. and I well, this is really fun and helpful. Yeah, and helpful. And the thing I was thinking, Sam, is all of us are out there. We listen to that clip. And what would it be in our family? What would it be that God came up and said, you know, that right there, you've lost hope right there. And in just isolating it, then you can begin to work on the issue but so many of us, including me, there's areas in our life that we don't realize we have lost hope. Yeah, if you if you listen to that, where where does Tom Hanks's character show that he's lost hope as you listen to that clip? I mean, I agree with you, but where's it really come out? And that it's things are tough. This is the way it should be. Uh, you know, uh, this is the way it's going to be. This is normal. We're normal here. You know, yeah. the famous line: "Everything's fine. We're good." Right. Or I can't do that because. My wife always did that, yeah. right? You know, I'm unable to move into this thing with my son because I, I, I don't know how to do this role and it's never really been my role. And so I'm just going to give up on it to some degree. And so there's a lot of hopelessness in that. And there's, there's no doubt that Tom Hanks' character loves his son. You see it throughout the, the movie, but it doesn't keep him from being in a place of hopelessness. And so a question that I kind of have, not for you guys in here at the moment, but for the listeners out there, what is it right now that you feel hopeless in? Can, can it come to the top of your tongue as you're, you're sitting there? Is there something that comes to mind? Maybe. Maybe not. If it does, where are you going to take that? What are you going to do with it? And if it's not, hang with us because we're going to continue to talk about this topic a little bit, and hopefully God will prompt you. Now, now I said that I was going to wait till after the break, Robbie, but now you got my mind no, stirring. I I, you got me going. Um, the story was I was walking the other day, um, trying to, you know, lose some weight, get in shape. And so I'm out walking and I'm, I'm just praying, which I would love to say I do every time I walk. But honestly, sometimes I'm thinking about football and lots of other <laughs> things. 
And so I said, okay, God, today's yours. Let's just, let's, what do you want to talk about? And I don't really have anything on an agenda. What do you got? And I just heard him say the word hope. I said, okay, what about it? He said, I don't see you living with much of it. I said, wow. And then he proceeded to ask me a question, what is it you hope for in life? And so as I sat there and I walked and I thought about it, I told him some things and and, uh, you know, one of them being, you know, I, I hope to have a stronger relationship with my kids. And his immediate response was, we'll enter into their world more fully. Right. And so in that conversation became a lot of hope in realizing that there are times in my life I feel hopeless and don't recognize it. If you have older children, older than like not living in the house anymore, There are times they make decisions, I hear this from parents all the time, that leave you in a place of feeling very hopeless. Or is it helpless? Because I think there's a huge difference there. Now, Al, you're the big defender, the difference between the two of those. But what's the difference, if you can can say it in a way I can understand, I'm kidding, if you can say it in a way that, that, that really means something to you, what's the difference between those? Well, you can be helpless and still have hope. Help. Helpless meaning you don't have any help at all. You're just stuck. Mm-hmm. Helpless, maybe there's nothing you can directly do. Correct. Right, but, and, and, but hope and, that somebody can do something. Correct. And I remember, speaking of the, the teenagers, I remember that so vividly when my son said, you know, you're nothing but the Brady Bunch, and I don't want to be a Brady. I don't want to be anything like you, and he left. And I could have chased him. I could have done a lot of things, and I just looked at God, and I said, you got to take care of him. There's nothing I can do here, and I had to let him go. Five years later, he calls me up, and he says, I can't live like this anymore. Can I come home? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was one of those things where in prayer, I, I'd break down and when I was praying for him. I'd break down crying because I had no idea what what there was or what was going on in his life. I knew it wasn't good, and there was nothing I can do, but I was praying, and that was my hope. So in feeling helpless, the enemy wants you to believe that it's the same as hopeless. See, and I'm a big C.S. Lewis fan, and I cling to something as though it were my only flotation in a big ocean in a storm. Either God is exactly who he says he is and can do everything that he says he can do, or everything's just a big hoax. I cling to that. He is who he says he is, and when I can't see it and I can't do it and I have no idea what's going to go on, I don't give up hope. I cling to that because I know the right thing's going to happen. It may not be what I want, but it's going to be the right thing overall. And I have complete faith in that. It, I know you do. I think sometimes it's harder for other people. Well, I, there was a time when I lived off Florida Street, mm-hmm. and I'd been going through a job to two jobs every year. And I got to the point where I was just giving Florida up. Florida Street in Greensboro? Yes. I know where that is. And I don't. Um, it's, <laughs> not, it's a, not the it's, nicest section of Greensboro. No, it's a very dangerous area. And I just flat out said, I somebody said, hey, there's a job over here at, at this hospital that you might like and you might be good for. And they were just trying to help me find a job. And I said, this is it. Father, if this one doesn't work out, I'm going to be homeless. I'm going to give up. I was at that job 20 years. And now you're homeless? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
now <laughs> no not only did I, I started out just delivering boxes mm -hmm. but i worked my way up to the point where i was recruited by another company 20 years later yeah and but all of that was faith i mean you know i i turned to him i said if that's if this is it i give up i was helpless and i was hopeless and he was like no let's turn this all around and coming from that environment where you didn't have money for food you didn't have clothes, you didn't have a car, and him taking me that whole path 20 years later, I'll never give up hope again. And as we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this topic of hopelessness or being hopeless, and how do you move more into hope, or can you? And how do we know that God's there when we can't always feel him or sense him? We're going to come back and talk about it. Stay with us. Today, nearly half our nation's fighting forces are members of the Guard and Reserve. When they are called to active duty, they leave behind a family, a community, and a job. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, a Department of Defense agency, honors and protects the bond between service members and their civilian employers. Whether serving our country or supporting those who do, we all serve. To learn more about ESGR, call 1-800-336-4590 or visit ESGR.mil. Hi, this is Top Chef All-Star Mike Isabella. If you're one of the 15 million Americans with food allergies, you might feel anxious about dining out. But you don't have to be. You just need a game plan. And you can find one online at safefair.org. Safefair.org is loaded with information and resources to help you enjoy a safer restaurant experience, including sample questions, tips, and a lot more. Visit safefair.org. That's S-A-F-E-F-A-R-E.org because when it comes to managing food allergies, we're all on the same team. A public service message from Food Allergy Research and Education. So does that not sound like the theme song for Eeyore? It does. It does. You know, and, and we saved you the pain of listening to the rest of it. Because <laughs> if you listen to it long enough, I, I don't know the words. I didn't really always pay attention to them. Helpless, but it, helpless, but helpless, helpless. Oh, I got that, that one. Neil Young? It um, is. Yeah. Well, I hope Neil Young will remember. A Southern man don't need him around anyhow. <laughs> Sing it. Preach on, brother. <laughs> oh, man. I You said that out. It was great for the topic, but I was like, Man, I really feel in a bad place after listening. To ha, have it. you have you ever been in that place where you're helpless and you just keep saying the same thing over and over when you talk to people? It's just like you repeat yourself over and over, and you just don't know how to get out of it. Yeah, you're stuck in a rut. Yeah, you know, every time you try to climb out, you fall back, back where you were. Vinny, I want to ask you a little bit about the topic of hopeless being hopeless. Are there things that are going on in your life or have gone in your life where you felt hopeless before? Well, yeah, many times, I guess. Uh, specifically in 1951, I found myself in positions not of my doing, and I just felt helpless. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do I do? You know, well, I did what they taught me to do. Mm -hmm. And from that becomes hope after you, it's all over. I got hope knowing that I was doing the right thing and I wasn't helpless anymore. 
But now I have a different, uh, you know, everybody knows that I'm a pretty old fella, and I'm going blind. And I go to bed every night, every single night with hope. And I'm saying to myself, I end up my prayer, God, let me open up my eyes tomorrow and make me full of your glory uh, and give me my sight. And I really believe that, you know, if you don't have hope, you will become helpless. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, never give up hope. I don't know if I'm making any uh, sense here, but you guys are going to have to accept it because I am <laughs> old. <laughs> and that made perfect sense. I think you said it better than what I've heard it said, that when you live without hope, you become helpless. Yeah. You know, I never really, never really thought of it in that context, but you're absolutely right. That's when you truly become helpless. That's exactly right. Because there's nowhere to turn. Yeah, if you don't have hope, I mean, like you say, where do you go? Yeah. You know, where do you go? There's a lot of people, I was telling you fellas before we came on, you know, come from New York, the Bowery. I mean, hundreds, hundreds of people in their, you know, middle age, 30 some 20s just stay drunk all the time because they have no hope. Yeah. You know, and, and if they only would get our father into their lives, he'll bring them out of it. I know he's brought me out of it. Absolutely. And I, I, there are times that God does that. I don't want to say firsthand. He's always in the midst of it. But God will also use others at times in your life. When you can't feel him, when you can't see him, active in your life doesn't mean he's not that's right and we're going to go to a clip on this and it's from the movie freedom riders and if you haven't seen the movie there's there's a lot of rough language in it because of the context it's an inner city school there's a teacher that goes in there that's from not that background at all she was not raised in that type of background and initially she's challenged a lot by the kids of you don't understand what it's like to be grow to grow up in this environment well fast forward towards the end of the movie you hear one of the guys that's been quiet, no one really even remembered he was in the class, gets up and he reads from his diary. And I want you to read, read. I want you to listen when he reads and see what transpires. Ms. G, can I read something from my diary? That'd be great. Oh, is he? Man, he's been with us since freshman year, fool. What's his name? The summer was the worst summer in my short 14 years of life. It all started with a phone call. My mother was crying and begging, asking for more time, as if she were gasping for her last breath of air. She held me as tight as she could and cried. Her tears hit my shirt like bullets and told me we were being evicted. She kept apologizing to me. I thought I have no home. I should have asked for something less expensive at Christmas. On the morning of the eviction, a hard knock on the door woke me up. The sheriff was there to do his job. I looked up at the sky, waiting for something to happen. My mother has no family to lean on, no money coming in. Why bother coming to school or getting good grades if I'm homeless? The bus stops in front of the school. I feel like throwing up. I'm wearing clothes from last year. 
some more shoes and on new haircut. I kept thinking I'd get laughed at. Instead, I'm greeted by a couple of friends who were in my English class last year. And it hits me, Mrs. Gerwell, my crazy English teacher from last year, is the only person that made me think of hope. Talking with friends about last year's English and our trips, I began to feel better. I received my schedule, and the first teacher is Mrs. Gerwell, room 203. I walk into the room and feel as though all the problems in life are not so important anymore. I am home. So as you guys listen to that, I know Robbie, we'd email back and forth. That's a pretty emotional clip just to listen to and really hear that, you know, obviously this might, it's based on a true story, actually, this movie is, uh, of a teacher that entered in and made a difference. But just the thought of what that boy would have had to gone through is just moving. It is. And I, I, when you came across this topic and you'd ask us to be authentic and this was Mother's Day weekend last weekend and my daughter made this amazing present for her mother. She cut, she wrote out 200, my youngest daughter, Mariah, she came up with 200 reasons that she loved her mother and she was going to cut them all up and put them in a, in a box, you know, and give it to her as a present. It was really a cool idea. And and she, we were supposed to be going, so she ran out of time to cut them all, and so she brought down her paper on all these things that she'd written and asked me, Daddy, can you help me cut these out so we can get them in Mommy's box in time to go to dinner? So I start cutting these things, and, of course, then I have a chance to read one. And it says, I love you because you value my opinion, unlike Daddy. Wow. <laughs> now, the backstory to that is that the beginning, you know, every year, I, John um, Thomas at Kempis had said, if we could work on one defect in our, or sin in our life, what could we work on for that year? So mine this year was to work on my pride. And when I read that, I did not feel condemnation like you might imagine. I felt God nudging me on, remember this that we're going to work on? And then it wasn't long after that I get this call from Sam. <laughs> because, you see, I'd kind of lost hope about this whole pride thing. And I've been reading this book by um, C.S. Lewis on friendship. And he talked about that if friendship was really what it was supposed to be, everybody in the, in the group would feel like they were less than everybody else, that they didn't really necessarily belong because so everybody else was so much better than them. And when I read that, I was like, no, 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 I feel like I'm better than all the people <laughs> I was, I'm being authentic. I mean, I was really, God down in my heart, this, this is how I really, I, I mean, how, how can I get there? That's, and, and I, I was like, there's no way, there's no way that I can get there. I can't see that. You got to help me, God. And I felt hopeless to an extent, but I also thought, well, wow, now this is a God thing right here because this is way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on my way and, and I don't, I don't begin to think that I've I had this thought this morning on my way to Christian Business Men's Committee where I'm meeting with another bunch of guys where obviously I think I'm the best in the group. <laughs> that is so private. I can't help it. I'm just being authentic here. And I thought, wait a minute. Just the mere fact that you think that, Robbie, is in itself an indictment of why they're better than you because they don't all think that. Do you not see that it, if you turn that back on itself, how it looks and how it feels? And the um, arrogance 
of of where that is and 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 at least it's a point where i'm i'm not telling you that i'm in any way feel like oh i'm healed but i do feel like okay god you have come after this by my daughter saying robbie you, you need to value my opinion more than your own because obviously you always think you're right and wow you know what a cool thing that um at least i got to work on <laughs> uh, and what a blessing once you get past the initial reading it you know what a blessing to know that you still have a few years while she's in the house right. to work on that because it becomes a lot harder as you know once the kids are out of the house to really work on that relationship in the same way you could when they're there and so god gave you a couple different gifts in that in that time and and you know for me the enemy tries to take me to hopeless Al, i applaud you that you can do that that you can be really really polarized you know you're either in one camp or you're in the other i tend to be one that kind of he tries to pull away you know i think i stay up above the water's edge but boy he pulls me under a few times in the process and so for me the enemy's always trying to pull me to hopelessness you know i told you i've been trying to lose weight and for in the past it hasn't been a hard thing for me to do i just gotta quit eating stuff i shouldn't eat and exercise a little bit it's been a challenge maybe it's because i've gotten a little older whatever but you know i would worked really hard and this sounds so silly, but I worked really hard about two weeks ago, all week, you know, exercising, dieting, got on the scales. I weighed the exact same thing I did at the beginning of the week. And I, I just went, what's the point? And then I ate really poorly the next three days. <laughs> like that was going to fix anything. And when I look at that, it's just the enemy trying to say, look, it's just hopeless. Just give up. Just give in. And that's as he tries to rob joy, as he tries to take you to a place of helplessness, when he can get you to the point where you think you have no hope out there, that God's not there, that friends aren't there. And that's what I loved about that other clip was a teacher brought hope to this boy. Maybe you're not in a place where you can feel God, but there's somebody out there, God's trying to get you to feel that hope. If you'll just look, have the eyes to see it or have your heart open. And so as you start to think today, what am I hopeless about? Maybe the question is, what do I have hope in? And either one of those may give you the opportunity to say, okay, God, work in this with me. Right? Work in this hopelessness that I feel or help me move towards that place of deeper hope in you. Because at the end of the day, what else can we do? We can't control the actions of others. We can't control things that happen in society. It feels very helpless, but we're not hopeless. And let your hope remain in him and he in you. Thanks for listening. Go to maskandjourneyradio.org for more.